I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio Greenwich. So a very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Not bad, thanks, Louis. Yeah, excellent stuff. And uh, joining the pair of us, Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, living the dream as usual. Living the dream. Oh, That's yeah. the only way you know how to live. Yes, even supporting this team, but yeah. <laughs> right on tonight's show, we will have uh, uh, a few Charlton-related things to discuss. We're going to discuss the fact that Katrine has been judging at the uh, Football Business Awards, which go ahead tonight at uh, the Emirates Stadium. We're going to talk about the uh, little message from the CA, uh, the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust we saw today, which uh, related to the uh, alleged incident outside the West End after the Coventry game. Uh, it's Cup Week this week. We've seen uh, we've seen the FA Youth Cup. We've seen the Kent Senior Cup. Of course, we're looking ahead to the FA Cup. Uh, we're going to discuss the two wins in the in the Young Cups, the, the Youth Cup and the Kent Senior Cup. Uh, we're going to hear from Carol Fry. We're going to hear from Ashley Maynard Brewer, who is the under-18 goalkeeper. Uh, as I mentioned on Sunday show, uh, I think it was Monday, the 31st, uh, Halloween, was uh, the one-year anniversary of uh, Carol Fry's first ever game in charge of the Addicts, first of 14. Uh, so I said we'd celebrate it, and so I've been busy this week digging through his old interviews and finding a few... Perlers, uh, a few of his best lines. Uh, so we're, we'll pay homage to Carol Fry, well, as, as we do most weeks on this show, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then we're gonna, we want to know because it is FA Cup week. We want to know what your favourite FA Cup memories are, uh, your, your worst ones and your best ones. So obviously there's a, there's a few good ones in there, probably a lot of bad ones. Uh, there's loads in the middle as well. We don't really tend to talk about stuff in the middle. Uh, talk about a couple of other things. We're going to hear from Russell Sage looking ahead to that game on Saturday, and of course we are going to preview ourselves the game with Scunthorpe. Uh, our Cholton connection with Scunthorpe this week is Big Mig Miguel Lara. Uh, remind us uh, what you can remember about him, and uh, try and keep it clean. Right. So first things first. It was mentioned um, a few weeks ago. Someone spotted it a, a while ago now. Really, that um, Katrine was invited to. Uh, judge be on the judging panel at the uh, the football business awards. If I remember at the time, I thought we were slightly surprised that she'd she'd been asked onto that panel. Mm, yeah, I think we were. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, so I mean, obviously, people are saying that in terms of uh, the people in football, there's there's probably people better placed to be judging how others are doing, um, uh, considering how we've been doing with, with football. I guess. Mm, yeah, it's a strange one. I think. It fits with the kind of reputation she's got amongst Charlton fans of doing extracurricular stuff, if you like, to bolster her own CV and not really focus on what the club needs. Um, and I think, as you say, I think there's she's not exactly a shining light given how Charlton have performed in terms of a business over the last few years. You know, I think Nath and I, when when we did the show last week, talked about if you're trying to run a successful business and how far away from that we are because. You know, we're losing money, we're losing supporters, we're 
we've dropped down leagues, all of that, and, and she's had a big part to play in that. So it's strange that she's then there to judge how others are getting on. Hmm. Uh, right, so I was looking at the forum uh, this afternoon, I noticed that Rich Pemberton and Ben Tegg uh, have uh, sort of between them left a message from, come from Rich's account it says just an update on this Ben Tegg and I have been talking to the guys that run the Football Business Awards and they've been very receptive to the points we've made to them it seems this is actually the second year Katrine's been on the panel she was first selected due to the uh, scarcity of women in her row reasonably enough uh, in her role days uh, but she was kind of auto-renewed for this year thanks to some flimsy criteria obviously save for a ride in the TARDIS they can only look forward following our conversations they will they will be opening tonight's event with a focus on fans as the heart and soul of football clubs. They've also indicated that they have reviewed their criteria for selection of judges, looking forward to ensure that they can respond to changes in the prospective judges' credibility, particularly with regard to the engagements with supporters. <laughs> so it sounds like they might. If you read between the lines there, they might be suggesting they might have a rethink for next year. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> with um, I mean, I agree to an extent, you know, if there's the scarcity of women sort of CEOs and stuff that that we should be encouraging sort of a more balanced panel um, of male and female members. However, on the same token, you still need to be worthy of your position there. And in my opinion, I don't think she's worthy of any place on a panel judging how other clubs are doing or how other CEOs are doing when you haven't really got your own house in order. So, um, yeah, I agree that, you know, it should be balanced, but I mean, she's not the one, but Mm. Karen, I think, I can't remember, I can't think of any other one. I know Karen Brady, the one, the other ones at CSU, isn't she? She's a female CEO, isn't she? Yeah, there was one at Mansfield as well. Yeah, so I mean, I agree in that context, but you've got to be worthy of it. Yeah, it it shows there's clearly not many female CEOs out there. No, um, but you can't just pick them because they're you know female, and yeah. no one should be just picked because they're genders. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Richard uh, continued. Finally, they c- they've committed to include uh, including representation from fan organisations on their judging panel in the future to ensure that fans' views are a big part of what they do. Clearly, they can't make any comment on their existing panel and emphasis interpretations above are mine. But I think they've done what they can to address the issues we've raised with them. And personally, I think they should be applauded for taking us seriously. It will be interesting to see the makeup of future events uh, judging panels. I suggest no need for protest at the Emirates or tweets targeted at the awards, given their response, including thank yous. Um, so it's uh, interesting. Uh, the, the, another point I took from this was uh, a lot of um, <laughs> the Charlton fans don't rest, do they? No. <laughs> no matter where you, it's, it's like that. It's that guy in, in Taken. I don't know who you are. I'm going to come down and find you. So, I will find you. Yeah. So um, they, they they certainly have gone the extra mile to try and uh, make things difficult for someone who they think hasn't really been doing a very good job. Mm. I think also it just shows what can be done if if somebody communicates properly. You know they well within their rights to kind of just send some generic message back and say these are the reasons we've chosen it and that's what we're going to do but they haven't they've taken the feedback on board and they've come back with what I would consider quite a constructive answer and and an answer that suggests they're going to rethink things in future so mm. for a club that you know we're struggling so much to get any sort of response out of the club these days it's nice to see that there are places out there where the communication pays off and you can see how it how it should work now how about this for a listener question if you're listening uh, live this evening you can get on the email studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at charltonlive I want to know what awards should Katrine be uh, judging you know best house music DJ that sort of thing so if you can, <laughs> you can think of any let us know studio at charltonlive.co.uk tweet us at charltonlive you guys got any ones that she mm. should be judging uh, try and think of one that isn't that sarcastic <laughs> but I was hard. thinking of some, but I'm not sure what I can say. I'll have, I'll have a think and come back a bit later. <laughs> no swear words. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, uh, after the Coventry game here at the Valley, 
there was a situation, an alleged situation behind the stand. It was all we, we talked about it at the time. Uh, what would appear to have been uh, a protesting fan uh, was leaving uh, the stadium. It would appear, and he would appear to have been uh, intercepted by what would appear to have been uh, three or four um, unmarked security personnel. You know, no markings on them. Uh, the police then sort of got involved. Um, you know, and and it all got it all got a bit nasty, and then there, it felt like there was, uh, you know, uh, the, the the fan. It looks like the fan was being slightly unfairly treated at the time. Um, the CAS Trust, the CAS Trust, sorry, uh, which is the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust, uh, picked up on this one, and they and they uh, I think they sort of demanded uh, answers really, and and to find out. I think they were they were told uh, last week. I think it was that the uh, the the security personnel in question will no longer be uh, involved. Um, uh, or no longer be used here at the Valley. Uh, they released a statement today, the Trust, saying, uh, CAC Trust yesterday received a letter from match commander Martin Rolston in response to our letter to him of the 19th of October about the incident in the car park after the Charlton versus Coventry game uh, on the 15th of October. His letter confirms that an allegation of crime has been made to Greenwich Police and the allegation is currently being investigated. He notes that while the matter is still under investigation, it will not be possible to comment on the evidence that the police are considering or the match day reports. So, interesting there. Sounds like they're actually quite taking this one quite seriously. Yeah, I, I didn't think... Um, I thought it sort of died down and it was all forgotten about, but as they said, you know, when obviously things are under investigation, they have to keep um, things under their hat... Uh, pardon the pun, but um, <laughs> yeah, obviously they have um, take, taken it further. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I think the, the way that it unfolded that day, I think it was only going to be one outcome with the, the, the guys, the heavies, what you want to call them. Um, they, were, they weren't going to be here again. Um, I mean, imagine the uproar if they turned up on the game <laughs> after. <laughs> Same positions, everything. <laughs> it would have just been crazy, but this, this is sort of situation it wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't have been surprised if they turned up like nothing happened you know but um, yes we just have to watch this space I suppose and see see how it all unfolds yeah uh, Ashley Peters says that that's a brave question to ask in regards to what what was yeah, exactly. should be, should be um, uh, a judging um, so I, I spoke about this incident on air on uh, on my match preview on BBC London on Saturday for the game and then straight away the the station actually had a phone call from a, a uh, a relative of the person involved saying that um, uh, they wanted to let us know their season tickets actually been suspended until um, until the investigation is done, which I found, I found quite interesting. I mean, I, I'm not really surprised about that. That's the sort of things that happens. Mm. But yeah, um, the, no matter how long the uh, incident takes to investigate, it's like you won't be able to come down and watch any games. Uh, I, I don't know. It sounds like a good good idea to me. He ain't missing out much, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take mine away from him. Yeah, I'm not endorsing anyone to do anything like that. So you get your season to get suspended, obviously. But um, yeah, no, it, it's, it is what it is. You know, you have to. Whilst it's pending, he's been suspended. Um, or his season tickets have been suspended, rather, and he'll have to watch us on Gillette, which might be a bit more entertaining. Mm. It's been interesting, I guess, over the last however long the the way that um, the the relationship between the fans and the club is seen nowadays. Um, I guess when it when it comes to support relations, I mean, obviously, if, if someone's doing something wrong, then you'd expect them to um, to be uh, you know punished or banned or whatever. Uh, but w- when it goes the other way around, it's very it's very rare, I guess, that you see you see the right thing happen when it when it's someone in authority doing doing what would appear to be the wrong thing. So I guess uh, in, in this particular case, it, 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 they're obviously taking it seriously because I'm, I'm guessing they they feel like there's something involved there. Yeah, I think so, and, and that's good to see. And I think also it's one of those things where <clears throat> if that fan 
if that fan had done something wrong, then obviously it deserves to to be held accountable for that. But it's one of those things where under any sort of any other ownership, certainly that I can remember, that sort of thing just wouldn't have happened anyway because no fan would have felt the need to do any sort of protest and none of this would have happened. And it goes back to the same thing that with this ownership as it is, the, these things are occurring and I think what one creates the other and, and that's kind of the sort of club we've become now, which is which is a shame because it's so far away from the club we all probably started supporting. Mm-hmm. We're looking at um, anyone seeing in the, in the news today with Blackpool, uh, <laughs> uh, the the owners, Cole and uh, the other one, Oyston, we're, we're um, trying to take a certain Blackpool fan to... Uh, to court, court for, he, was, he was holding up a newspaper I was reading about it. he's actually doctored, he doctored the front page of the newspaper so it said we are liars or something along yeah. like, no, we, are we are thieves we are thieves says, yeah. along those lines and they're forced to sort of step back in it it's slightly embarrassing them. I mean that, that, that's, that's something you don't ever want to see where, where a club ends up taking fans to, to court or anything like that no um, but at the same time I guess you, you have to be wise if you're going to have to be careful as well. At the same time, that they, they have got every right to do so. If you are gonna, if if you are gonna do something like that as well, yeah, you know, if if you over, if, if you become, um, I don't know, is it libelous? The word is it? If you become yeah. libelous, you mm. know, they have every right, and ev- as any one of us can um, go down that road. So yeah, we need to be careful and mindful of what we're saying and what we're doing is um, perfectly within the law, obviously. But going back to your point about the, that situation, is that's not a football club. You know, going down the road of road of suing people and suing each other and for over a football club, you know, it's it's it shouldn't get to that stage. And unfortunately for them, they've obviously yeah. got to a stage but where they can't really yeah. get it back now. And it's that's the thing. Sad, if you, if really. you look at the Oysters, um, uh, their statement today it said something along the lines of that. You know, we want to put everything behind us. I mean, they've, they've gone after fans before, which mm. which we know and. and I think they've successfully sued fans as well, and like I say, if the fans if the fans shown to have done something wrong, then obviously successfully suing them that's one way of um, sorting that out for the, for their for their from their point of view. But the problem is, like no one's looking at that Blackpool situation and thinking, oh, you've, you've had to sue some of your own fans. Oh, you must be doing everything perfect. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and they talked about trying to put, like I say, the the Oysters tried talking about trying to put things behind them today. Yeah. It's too late. If you've gone mm. after a fan like this, there, that is no way to rescue anything, is mm. it? And it's the same, uh, obviously it's not the same, because I think at Blackpool are in a, a worse situation than us, but it, it mirrors what we've had here. We've obviously made those, those sign-ins with British experience and we've brought in a manager of British experience this year. And I think there are, or I know for a fact that there's certain people in the club who've kind of said, right, you know, let's let's put those last two or three years behind us and let's move on. And And whilst those changes are welcomed and they are the sort of thing we're looking for, I think we've said, you know, for months, weeks, months, maybe even years, that it's gone beyond that now and there's nothing they can do to salvage that. Mm. Um, And as I say, Blackpool, I think, are in a far worse situation, but it is. And when they're in that sort of authority, there's there's an arrogance that comes with that, that they think it's okay to just sweep it under the carpet and move on. You know, if we... If we go up this season, are people going to be suddenly happy with with Roland and Catrian in charge? I, I don't think there might be some people that, that swing that way, but I, on the whole, I don't think things are going to change. But if you look at it in the, if you look at it in the real sense, right? So say you're you're a CEO of a company and you're you're doing you're fairly well, you're fairly profitable, you're fairly high up and high regard, and then all of a sudden you crash and burn and take them to the lowest ebb, and then your shareholders go right you ain't good enough we want you out and you go oh no listen let's just start from scratch mm. um, and let's just clean slate and you f- put it all in the past and then let's crack on it ain't going to work like that there's no logic no, to it is there no it? and it's, it's the, it, I know we're not a massive business but it's the same sort of common sense that yeah. you run someone down you run run the company down or an organisation like this 
and where we are now. I don't. You can't just turn around and go. All right, we'll start again. We've made mistakes, but it's like two, three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at Oysters. They've they've done a lot worse. You know, they're mm. suing their fans, and look where they are in a blimmin league. Yeah, I mean, no, no one, no one, one I mean? looks at no one looks at the Oysters after they after they try to do that and thinks, well done, lads. Yeah, <laughs> go on, well, well, lads. Let's, let's start again, shall we? <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen. No yeah, matter so what happens, it's not going to happen. It's not really a tactic you want to go down, really. No. Is it, the, the way that the Oysters have. Right, uh, let's have a quick break. Like I say, it's been Cup Week this week. We want to talk about the uh, FA Youth Cup. Uh, we want to talk about the Kent Senior Cup. Uh, we'll talk about those two cup competitions before we uh, go ahead and remember Carol Fry in his heyday. Catch and seize, but all McCovey's line, he's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by McCovey! Almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right footed. Well, saw Ulrich off his line. What a goal. Home of, time. home of time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. They got that deep, they all needed snorkels. Charlton Live. Welcome to Charlton, <laughs> back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview. I've been cutting up a few extra fun bits of uh, audio. That's a good We one haven't had us. any goals, have we, this year, really? No, I know. Anything good to cheer about. So, <laughs> so, so we'll go got... with co- press conferences instead. Yes, yeah, so, okay. That was, that was a good one from Russell. There is a joke after we uh, pushed. Uh, it was a Northampton game. We pushed him back in the second half. Uh, right, during the week, uh, it, it is Cup Week this week. Um, the the youth teams getting involved in the Cup as well as the uh, the, the first team on Saturday against Scunthorpe here at the Valley. Um, so the first one was on Tuesday, uh, the FA Youth Cup uh, against Maidstone. So you're under 18s going to that one. Uh, we played uh, against Maidstone. It wasn't well in. I used to go to these sort of things. <laughs> I think I'm more footballed out this week. But yeah, we uh, we beat um, we beat Maidstone. Um, uh, the the FA Youth Cup is 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 one that we normally get a few rounds past. I mean, you get some big teams in that competition. But um, I remember coming down here to watch them against Mill sort of around about this time last year. I think it was. And uh, it's, it's, it's actually quite a good opportunity to, to see the, uh, the the youngsters in action. Is that really. the game they streamed? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah I watched that on, uh, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, so on... Uh on uh, on uh, it sounds like the uh, the the youngsters were all over Maidstone for the majority of the game, but they just couldn't find a breakthrough. Went nil nil into extra time, and despite having been ahead, we we went a goal down uh, in the hundred one hundred and eleventh minute uh, before equalising in the hundred twentieth before going and then going on to win on penalties. Um, th- there's a few names uh, we're going to hear from from Maynard Brewer, who's the the, the goalkeeper. We're going to hear from him. Uh, later on, he uh, he is uh, the, the penalty hero. There's, there's a few names in there that I've seen before. Kenneth Yao, yeah, Kenneth Yao, yeah, yeah, quite like the look of him. Yeah, um, Sarah Pong Weirdo. I vaguely remember him being quite decent last year, uh, along with Zamora, who played right back uh, against Millwall last yeah, year. The, the, yeah, you, I remember him. The, these little names you just pick up, aren't you? Just pick them up, and you think, well, you know, the, the, we, we've seen it a lot of times. Little, little players that might come through at some point. Yeah, and um, our, our youth teams are, are people we've talked about. Certainly, since I've been doing this show, and when I used to listen as well, we've always been able to praise them because largely they do they do very well and they're very successful. And this year, with everything that's been going on, once again with, with the first team, we, we haven't had as much opportunity really to comment on on how they're getting on. But again, like you say, it's another another season, it's another cup, and okay, they 
had to battle back, but they they got through another round. And as you say, there's those names there that we hear. We're we're a good club in that sense that we hear those names and and then they don't just disappear. You know, they're, they're names that we keep hearing cropping up again and again. And before you know it, they they slip into the first team. You know, usually obviously via the bench or via a cup game in in the first team. But that pathway is there, and we've seen it since uh, certainly since I started coming to the valley that those youth players do get a chance and. And players at that level are obviously going to see that. And maybe that's what helps them play up and, and realise their potential because they see that there's a pathway there to first-team football. Mm. Do you ever get a chance to go down and watch any of the youth teams? No, not really. I mean, I've kept um, tabs on a couple of them and a couple of them uh, were on, um, I think they were on the bench. Yeah. I mean, Joe Rebo came in on from somewhere, but then uh, you've got Anthony Jig Digstil or something. Digstil, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's yeah. more of 21s. So, yeah, yeah, and then the other one that caught my eye was, uh, over the last few years, Tariq Anderson, but he didn't play that game, so he must be under 21s now as well. Tariq. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you've got uh, Bangura Williams. It's Mustafa Bangura Williams. He's like he seems to pop up quite a lot of being quite promising. So we've got the we've got the talent there, and obviously we just need to try and blood them as and when. So like Joe Joe Rebo came on in a cup, didn't he? And then uh, Dick, I don't think Dick still came on, did he? Or did he against Crawley? I know he was on the bench, wasn't he? I don't. Or was he not on the bench? I don't think he did. Herm Grant came on against Crawley. Joe Rebo definitely and did, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was those two that came on. Yeah, but again, so, but they're still players who've come through I mean. that youth system. Same with Hanlon this year mm. as well. That's what, you, when you see people like you know, more recently, like Hanlon and Umu has had a couple of bits here mm. and there. It, it gives some, it gives them something to strive for, you know. And Cons are obviously it, this yeah, year and as obviously Cons well. are coming in, but yeah, no, it's good things for them to strive for. Right, first things first, and let's uh, the uh, after the FA Youth Cup, uh, George Jones from the club. Uh, he interviewed both, uh, both Sergei Batlaka, I think that's probably nowhere near the correct Batasha. pronunciation. Batasha, that's Batasha. it. Yeah. Batasha. Something like that, yeah. Um, he's, uh, he, uh, I haven't used that one because uh, this is going to sound terrible. I can't understand. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. He's, he's quite hard hearing, isn't he? Yeah, uh, but, uh, but Ashley Maynard um, uh, Brewer is the uh, under 18s goalkeeper, he's an Australian. Uh, but he he saved two penalties in that shootout. He spoke to George uh, after that game. Let's hear how uh, how he sees uh, that that game and how he thinks the under 18s have done so far this season. Ashley, a dramatic night here in the FA Youth Cup. Uh, you must be delighted. Uh, yeah, I was really happy. I think it's more relief with the result, but I think fair play to the guys. We we thought we were down and out after they scored, but we ended up getting we kept pushing on and we got there in the end. And then yeah. The penalties were good. Mm. Go over there. It was a night where, sort of, for long spells, you didn't see much of the ball as a goalkeeper. But on occasion, you were called into action. You made a couple of really good saves during the during the 120 minutes. Yeah, um, I guess I was just kept shouting and kept trying to keep my defenders switched on. But I think at the end of the day, um, we got away with one. But I thought overall it was a good performance. And as a goalkeeper, when you're not seeing much of the action, I mean, how important and how difficult is it to to keep your concentration? Yeah, I think at times my mind started to sway and I kept trying to, to switch on but but yeah, um, I thought at times it was hard but I kept uh, trying to keep my defence on my toes and kept shouting and I thought, yeah, it was good overall. Maidstone went in front with about nine minutes of extra time to go. Did you think that maybe it wasn't yeah. going to be our night when that went in? Yeah, 100%. Um, I thought, as soon as uh, they scored, we were all on the floor and it was... It was very negative, but we—I uh, feel like that's got us going, and and we we kept pushing on. And, you know, uh, as I saw the ball roll across the box, and I saw Alex tap in, I was I was over the moon. So yeah, it was it was really good. It showed great character, didn't we, to to get back into it so late, and we just we never gave up. Yeah, I guess 
I think over the start of the season we looked a bit dodgy and we haven't showed much character but over the last five six games we've really we've really picked it up and we've really grinded out some, some good results I think last week no two weeks ago against Sheffield Wednesday we were down to ten men and for over an hour and uh, the last 15 minutes we scored and we've been defending really good lately and Jeff yeah it's good Six wins in a row for the 18 you sort of touched on it there I mean what what do you think has been the key to that that good run of form Um, well I think we've really dusted up our back four I think at the start of the season we were were changing it a bit and I think you could tell but now the back four we have now is really stable and as a goalkeeper I feel really comfortable uh, with them playing in front of me Tonight, when it went to penalties, you, you came into your own, didn't you? I mean, two two great saves. Yeah. Um, um, what was the key to that? I don't know. I just uh, yesterday when we were practicing our penalties, um, I saved a few, so I was I was feeling really confident when when it came to pens, and I thought they weren't the best pens. So, but yeah, it was it was really good to save a few. What do you what do you look for when someone steps up? Do you watch their run up, or do you decide before um, I'm, I'm going to dive that way? I think purely on the run-up, I think one of the guys, um, I think you just look at their body language and as they step up to the wall, I don't think you go into it knowing which way you're going to go, but as you see the run-up and you see see where their plant foot goes and all that, you, uh, you get a rough idea and you just go on instinct, I guess, a little bit. And what was uh, what were your feelings when you got your palms to that, that second one to, um, to make it safe? I was really happy, I was really good to help out the guys, but... Uh, I think again, it wasn't a feeling of you know being really excited. I think it was more, it was more relief that we got the job done in the end. Johnny Jackson, it's Jackson! From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. That's very weird. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. And Nathan just confirming that he didn't know someone played for Fanabache there. Uh, I didn't know he played for him. Uh, the uh, the Man United losing 2-0 I think yeah, those, yeah. those of you who listen to Charlton Live purely for goal updates from other games <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right so we, we just heard from Ashley Maynard Brewer there the under 18s goalkeeper uh, they they won in the FA Youth Cup against Maidstone at, at Welling on, on Monday on Tuesday night uh, last night was the Kent Senior Cup again this is one I normally try and get to if it's in Bromley because like twice, <laughs> twice, twice last season we played at Bromley mm. against Crayon against Bromley. Um, I think I'll, I've been down to Ebb Street to watch it a couple of times as well. Uh, it's a competition we've uh, got to the final of uh, last year. We won it the year before last year. I think we've only the only one we've lost in that competition out of the last two years uh, was the final last year when we lost at Dartford. The year before we. Uh, Beat uh, the Gillingham veteran team. Going to say like yeah. full strength, wasn't it? full strength. <laughs> it was so funny when Scally made him put in the first team, first, first, uh, first team to try and beat us, and we still beat him with our kids. I think Carlin got the the goal that day as well. Um, but yeah, they they played Phoenix on. Uh, uh, she's over in Bexley Heath uh, or near Barnhurst, I think. Yeah. On uh, on uh, Monday, it was a it was a four one a four one uh, victory. Now. The, obviously, with the under 18s, there are players that we, we look at. There's going to be some up and comers in there. We mm. say Kenneth Yao, for example. Uh, with the 21s, there's a lot of players in there who who, who we know as, uh, who've had spells in the first team. And the obvious one is Carlin Ahern Grant. You've got uh, Regan Charles Cook, 
uh, Joshua Umura played a game. I think Mick, did Mikhail Kennedy had a few games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in there as well. There's uh, there's uh, Charles Cook, and there's a couple who are there's man like Yan Fan, who I look Louis Louis Yan Fan, who I look, look forward to seeing playing in, in the years to come. I think we all do. Yeah, purely for the hashtag man like Yan Fan. Yeah. But um, I mean, uh, there's a few in there. It was a four one victory. Uh, Carlin got a, a brace. Uh, Umera got one and the official club website's only got three goalscorers listed so there was another one hang on it says it at the top as well uh, Reco Hackett Fairchild who, who uh, was put on the score sheet purely because he's got a great name um, uh, but I mean th- th- there's players in, in at that level who like I said they're much closer to the first team and they've had runs in I mean we, we saw Carlin I always stand by the fact that I think Carlin was thrown in way too early and I think that knocked him, him back a couple of years but when you see him playing for the 23s he looks quality mm, I think we're, we're with him in the first team, it's purely a confidence thing. I think he's got all the ability there, certainly at this level, to, p- to play. Um, he came on against Crawley in um, the Checker, Checker Trade Cup. And, Check um, yourself or you wreck yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he had a, about 10 or 15 minutes and was arguably one of our best players. He created a good few chances uh, for other people, had a few chances himself. And when he looks confident like that, he just looks like he's got so much talent. And I think, like you say, Louis, he was thrown in in that that other season and and played week after week, Saturday, Tuesday. And first of all, that wasn't something he was used to against you know professional season professional players. And second of all, it just knocked his confidence because we were on such a bad run of form and he wasn't getting the service he needed. So. I'd love to see him back in the first team. I don't think it's right to throw him in just yet or certainly just introduce him every now and again, but he's someone who I hope will have a, a long-term future here because I do got, like him as a player. He's got to try and dislodge um, Brandon as well, hasn't he? Because I think Brandon mm. is another he's another different player to Carlin. Yeah. He puts himself about a bit more... He's a, he's a big lad and he can probably handle himself a little bit more yeah. at the moment than Carlin, which I think why he's probably at the forefront of Russell's mind than Carlin. But well, I think we all, like you said, I think we can all see that Carlin's up there in terms of finishing. I just think he needs to build his all-round game a little mm. bit more. Which we've, which when he was rushed in, which I think we all agree he was rushed in too quick. He was there was a rabbit in the headlights and a cut. There was a couple. Of, there was one home game specifically, um, but I think when I've seen Brandon, he looks a bit more polished than mm. Carlin. Carlin still looks a bit raw, but yeah, yeah I mean they were both got great little players in there to sort of come up. Yeah, another one we've seen, like I say, seen in the first team, Regan Charles got suffering yeah. with a bit of an injury at the start of the season in pre-season. Um, so that's, that's probably held him back a bit, but he, you know he, he was sort of. I think he had to cover it right back a few yeah. times for Solly, and I, I thought he, he actually looked a fair bit more comfortable. Mm. I think you're not under as much pressure at right back yeah. as, as you are as a striker, mm. but he, he's one who's actually looked pretty comfortable. When he's yeah. into first I time. like Craig, and yeah, every time I've seen him play, he came on. Um, he came on at home. For, it was only about ten minutes um, at home. I can't remember what game it was. But he when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's quite comfortable on the ball. Again, it's, it's just getting him, getting him rounded and getting him used to the sort of, like we said, I think if he didn't have that injury, he probably would have found himself out on loan somewhere, a League Two club or somewhere like that. But um, yeah, no, I think Regan's a good little shout as well. You've got Mikel in there. Yeah, Mikel uh, Kennedy we've seen yeah. last year. A bit, I mean, banged him in against Peterborough, wasn't it? I was when we had one with our youngest team, wasn't it? Our youngest, was yeah. it youngest 11 or something? Yeah, our youngest ever. So uh, 11. Aaron Barnes, another one we picked right up back, before. Yeah. Right back, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, again, I thought he was going to be involved a little bit, much more sooner than he has been. But um, obviously, I'm not there on the training ground. Mm. But um, especially with Solly's sort of um, situation the last few years, I thought he was going to be coming in a little bit more quicker. But um, yeah, no, so... Um, yeah, the list is sort of endless, really. Mm. I mean, Uma is in there. Yeah. Interesting to see George Shashera play played in this game as well. I think Richard up and um, coming here, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Heard good things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richard Corley tweeted uh, a story today suggesting that he's going to be. Uh, he's finally getting his first his first taste of first team action. I thought, oh, wow, he's going to play on Saturday. I clicked on it. He's now getting played in the check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Um, so he's getting closer. I, st- I still don't think Russell. Uh, has him in his plans, which has said that he's he's um he's, he's that we're going to try and ship him out again. I mean, he's obviously he's, he's, he's the money he's on. Yeah, mm. no one wants to pay that sort of money nah. for something. So like, he's, he'd be crazy. And a fee as well. Yeah, yeah. he'd be men- he'd be mental to leave because yeah. he's still got what another three years on his contract, mm. a good mm. money, and he's about eighty. Yeah, it's a massive gamble, and we brought him that, brought him in then, weren't we? Yeah. We, we weren't, weren't exa- we weren't safe. We was in the up creek without a paddle, mm. but yeah. so we brought him in on big money as a risk. And that, to be fair, he did. He he was a good player, but. He got us some good goals as well. Yeah, I mean, it was just yeah. too late. But yeah, we're, now that you can't really ship him out. I mean, not I a great think business decision, was it? Really? No, but <laughs> we're not <laughs> used to those though. It's, well, yeah, it's sad, one of those sad, odd ones. Sadly, is up there as one of the better decisions <laughs> we've made. It's yeah, still a bad decision because he was actually all right. Let <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's other names we've mentioned. Jake Steele, Aribo's going to win yeah. plaudits for sounding like a child sweet. Uh, Joshua, uh, Joshua Umera, who I accidentally called Joe Umera throughout an interview once. Um, he he he's, he's played ten minutes or so of first team action mm. uh, at, at Hull in a six 0 defeat. But I'm, I'm not blaming him for that. No, no, but so he's no. another one. He's, like I say, he's, he's just prob- need rounded, probably he? quite similar to Hanlan. I remember yeah. Umer and Hanlan sort of had a bit of a, a partnership up top when I was mm. watching in the under eighteen PLD two uh, cup final at Brentford a couple of years ago. They're very similar players, but I guess Hanlan's obviously one that that Russell's seen and he, he likes. But as, as we've said, uh, you know, so many times, it, it just gives them that little, the, you know, with, with everything that goes on in this club. One of the good things is if you're a young player, you will you will see this as your path to first team football. That's probably yeah. why Lookman's ended up staying. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I saw. I know it's not a game to be judged on, but I see him at Bromley in the pre-season friendly for the first half. Oh, and that's, then, a, that's the equivalent of playing Barcelona. Yeah, but so. uh, <laughs> then we had uh, Brandon second half. Brandon seems a little no disrespect to Josh, but Brandon seems a little bit more intelligent on his runs. And how he reads the game, I think but we've seen that, that in the league as yeah, well. and you can see that when Brandon's come on, especially that checker trade trophy for that Southampton game. Brandon was brilliant in that game, mm. and that goal against Bromley as well was an absolute belter as well. But um, yeah, no, it, it all boils down to him just getting their, their finding their identity as a player, how they fit in, and what their strengths are, getting them rounded, and then we sort of drip them in and mm. don't thrust them in like we've all agreed. That's the thing; it's about blooding them at the right yeah. time. And for the last few years, we haven't done that because we've, we've had to, haven't we? Yeah, and oh. we we've said loads of times we've done it with Piggott, we did it with the Hern Grant as well, and and look where 
how long it's taken her and Grant particularly to get that confidence back and now he looks back to the player he was when we first introduced him but you know if our season starts to pick up and we start to get towards the top half of the table and we can just like Nave says drip feed them in here and there and bring them on for the odd 10-15 minutes they're going to start to get that experience and then with, with confidence up they can then maybe start playing some full games but mm. yeah it's again something that with Charlton in the situation we are it's something that we can still be proud of is that youth system that we've got Right, listen to Charlton Live the big match preview don't forget we want to know what your favourite and least favourite Charlton FA Cup moments are we want to know what uh, what memories you have of Big Miggies our Charlton connection with Scunthorpe this week Miguel Lera he had some he had some good points I'd like you guys to try and pick up those good points as well uh, as all the obvious funny ones uh, <laughs> Carol Fry's first year anniversary is coming up so we're going to have the audio from uh, his, uh, his uh, tenure uh, in charge, going to have some of his best bits in a minute. But first, let's listen to Jason Yule uh, talk to Ollie Groom after that uh, FA, uh, that uh, Kent Senior Cup win uh, against Phoenix. Jason, a pretty comprehensive victory in the end, four-one win over Phoenix in the quarterfinals already of the Kent Senior Cup. Are you pleased with that? Yeah, no, very. I said to the boys before the game, it was yes, can we get a performance from the game? But more importantly, it was just about getting a result um, and getting ourselves into the next round of of the cup I said in the two years we've only lost one game and that was the final last year and I said that I mean I, I don't as a personally and I, I hope the boys didn't want to um, make sure we got a defeat tonight or any 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 time along the way in the competition so for us we said we're in it and we want to go and win it again I guess the job was made all the more easier in a way wasn't it by the, the early penalty and the sending off uh, I mean how much of an impact do you think that had on Phoenix? Massive because I mean, for them, they want to have 11 players on the pitch and, and and test us as much as they can. I mean, even for the penalty decision, it was yes, it was handball, but it didn't look as if it was a deliberate handball for him to get sent off. And even that like, it was so early in the game, and it, I mean, it worked in our favour, but it would have been better really if it was uh, 11 v 11, and we can obviously get a lot more out of what we did in the end from um, for Phoenix. I guess we still had to show a bit of fight, didn't we, to come back after they equalised. It was a bit of a freak goal, but I guess pleasing that we did react in the right kind of way. Yeah, but that's, that's I keep saying to the boys on a personal level behind the scenes, is that there's times we make things too hard on ourselves and we complicate it. And it sort of summed it up, really, a game where we can sort of manage it and control it and make it easier for us by doing the right things. We go and concede the way we did, but it is about the reaction and... It's, it's trying to learn from those things in terms of making it hard for oppositions and going through the same thing against 10 men like we did on Monday. And I mean, we say this every single year, we, we uh, speak to you in the early rounds after we get a victory, as we classically do in this competition. Um, this is a competition we always set out to win, isn't it? And, and something that you target the boys to go and win. So you must be pleased to get off on the right foot. Yeah, and more importantly for us as well, it is us getting the exposure to the boys playing against men and I say is that yes we're in our development level of under 21s or 23s as it now is but we're all playing amongst our own age group and to be in this competition it gives them that exposure of playing men's football because that's the level that they are actually at so I said to them today it's a different test in terms of the type of team that Phoenix will be and what they'll throw throw at us and it was more important that we, we dealt with that and not only to for themselves to say they can be physical when need be and have to change a game plan but also to myself and the other coaching staff of how they do against men. 
looking at the bigger picture, it's been a, a really good week, hasn't it? Two wins in three days, and for the academy in general, with the Youth Cup yesterday, yeah. the under-18s, that's three days, three wins. It's looking pretty rosy, isn't it? Yeah, and, that, and that's that's what it is, and it's really we want that to start turning into more wins for the first team because that's that's the more important side of things in terms of where they are and what they're doing. But really, it's it's one of those ones where we are still all pros. Yes. Um, the group that I've got at the moment are not in and around the first team, but it's just showing that it has a it should have a, a knock-on effect in terms of results and trying to breed that little bit of confidence to, to the first team boys. And with theirs being a cup game at the weekend, it's, it's not really so much about the performance; it's just about getting the results. So, yeah, it's just pleasing that we've had a good three days in terms of the academy, and hope we can get a, a brighter result on Saturday for the first team. Dennis is fed in, lovely touch, goes round his player, chips across the box, Jackson, oh yes, what a goal by Johnny Jackson, arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live. Talking about Charlton Live here, Maritime Radio, heading there from Jason Yule after the uh, Kent Senior Cup win over Phoenix 4-1, so on to the next round. Uh, don't know when that is. I haven't actually looked that up. So, but hopefully, hopefully, you'll be in Bromley, so I don't, so I, don't, so I can go, so I don't have to travel too far. Right. Uh, mentioned it on Sunday. Uh, uh, Monday was October the thirty-first, Halloween, uh, and that marked the uh, the uh, first year anniversary of uh, of Carol Fry's uh, first ever game in charge of the Addicts. Now, I thought, um, you know, what better way to celebrate? And by trawling through all these interviews and finding all these best lines uh, uh, to listen back to, I mean, um, uh, we're playing Colchester on Tuesday in the, in the check yourself or you wreck yourself. I mean, <laughs> that that's probably brings back some some good memories. But um, do you guys have a, a personal favourite? What Carol? Yeah, Alan so many, yeah. so much good times under him. Yeah. Um, I remember I d- uh, did co commentary at Milton Keynes and was down on the side of the pitch interviewing him after and. Um, sort of met him very briefly and he seemed like a, a lovely bloke um, she was yeah yeah but no aside from that nothing nothing that positive really no uh, no if it, I, I'm pretty sure the, uh, everyone I'm going to come up with is going to be on um, <laughs> a montage hopefully uh, yeah, well, let, let, look, let, let, let's let's wait no longer. Let's listen to the the montage, and you know, I, I always try and set our montages to to like you know, uh, reminiscing music. Teary, you'll, you'll get teary eyed when you hear this one. I'm 37 years old, and this is my 19th uh, season as a as a manager. I've been training uh, first division youth, 15, 16, second teams. I've been training first teams for for seven years. Um, but it's not up to me, I don't have to defend myself. When you're close to tears, uh, interim is interim. If you personally want to take on the, the job full-time? I would be crazy not to accept it. Yeah, so it's obviously quite a big step up from, from the Belgian third division. Of course, every, every, every uh, challenge is difficult. I think my position, position is not, not important. I think we can only play 11 players, so if we have 11 or 30, there will only be 11 on the pitch. Today we were able to compete with them for 60 minutes, and after the goal we had some difficulties. My role is not important. We were, at moments, less sharp in both boxes. 
as well offensively as defensively. It was me and you, cause we are gonna And my role is, uh, is not important. If they want uh, to focus their, their emotions on me, it's my job to take it. Carol, uh, a heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. We didn't defend as sharp on the first goal, and nor the second one. Forty-four minutes. We were the best team. I am 100% sure that the players are backing me, otherwise I would not be here. Eight points from, from your opening nine games. Um, how, how are you going to turn this form around? Because that's relegation form, isn't it? Well, I, to be fair, you have to say it all, huh? An away game at Middlesbrough, away game in Birmingham, away game in uh, Burnley, home game against Ipswich, and I'm forgetting teams. Forgetting teams from the nine games. I think we have seven or sixteen teams who are into playoffs or near playoffs. Um, it's, there are easier games than that, and the, the easier game we had was at home against Bolton, and we gave it away. There, uh, I follow you. showed until the last second a good desire and they got rewarded for it uh, so they still the whole team showed that they really want really want really want want really really want want really really want really 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 if you want to be my I think that was Colchester United's first win in 11 attempts, clearly a poor result. What about the performance? We were second best in the first half. Who takes responsibility for that? Do the players take responsibility for that or does the manager have to take responsibility for that? When things go bad, it's always one responsible and that's the manager. And when things are good, maybe, maybe the manager is one of the reasons. Without the team, which normally should be strong enough to beat Colchester, and they were not. Let's not make Charlton now into a team uh, who's going everywhere and must win and must be better than uh, the home side. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to all.
the memories. I have to get the tissues, man. Yeah. yeah, I think I think my favourite one is like the one where I said, you know, you're showing a bit of relegation for me. It's right, everybody, calm down. We've had to play Ipswich and Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He never quite grasped yeah. the fact that one, we had to win games to do well, and two, that games were ninety minutes long. <laughs> Those two fundamental aspects yeah. of the game, you just. But one of the fundamentals he did know how many players you can put on a pitch, yeah. and that is eleven. That is yeah, eleven. If you've got thirty. Yeah, and just less sharp yeah. in in our box and less sharp in, in their, their box. box. Yeah. Oh, yeah, other than that, it's yeah. blooming great. Consistently put eleven players on the pitch, though, and we <laughs> applaud him. We thank him for that. Yeah, we thank him, and and uh, you know, happy happy one year anniversary. Uh, happy to, Friday. There you go. <laughs> nice. Hello, it's hey. Thursday. Oh yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself there. Right, we wanted I'm to fine. know. Right, uh, <laughs> tomorrow. Whilst we're delving into the memory banks, we've heard there from Carol Fry. We we wanted to know your favourite FA Cup. Uh, memories, uh, you guys. What's what's up there for you? Uh, for, so the the worst was Norwich Victoria. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, the best for me, I don't know why, but I, I always get that Sean Newton goal against. Is it Coventry? I'm sure it's Co- Coventry or Wolves. When he, I don't know why we didn't exactly. I think it was when we went to like the the sixth round or something. When well, when we come back from two 0 down against Cov. Yeah. yeah, you got one in that. Yeah, game, that, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I mean, then well, it would have been the Blooming Sheffield United game if. Mm. If there weren't all other stuff going on, because then we would have gone to Wembley and won, but uh, won the whole thing. But uh, yeah, they're, they're my two. But yeah, Northwich away was the bad, and then Sean knew and mm. Cov. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll never forget. I mean, we just heard the one, one of the comments there. It's Dave Victor is actually the, uh, the late in Orient BBC guy. I was asking the questions of Carroll after the Colchester game, uh, and I loved that interview because. Um, he really went after Carroll. It was proper funny. <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, yeah, that was a horrible game. We were tuning down at half-time. Don't forget, this was... Colchester were statistically the worst, the worst team, team in the country. Yeah. yeah, it was raining as well. Yeah. Uh, in in, uh, in the press box, which was near the front-ish of, of the Colchester stand, we were getting rained on. Mm. My laptop was getting wet. Uh, uh, James King said, The atmosphere at that Colchester tie last season was one of the most bitter and desolate I've ever felt watching a Charlton game. That was particularly horrible. Matthew Vine says, His best and worst... Uh, FA Cup memories were both located in Sheffield. I'm sure you'll know which yeah, games yeah. I'm on about. Obviously, the the two one win over Sheffield Wednesday when mm. Simon Church, the the elbow of God, uh, uh, knocked us into the next round. We played so well that day. Chris Powell hanging from a crossbar. Mm. Uh, uh, I remember it was it uh, the uh, the player we had from Sandy who was actually good. Jarovic, I remember asking. Uh, we, we sort of hung about after the players' entrance to try and get some photos and whatnot. And we asked, uh, we asked um, Jarovic how he was feeling, uh, and uh, he swore. But he just went, "I'm absolutely knackered." Yeah, he, always, he, he wasn't was one for ninety though, minutes. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was blowing off. He's, ten minutes, yeah, yeah. I remember him saying he was an absolute battle that game. We went on to win, and of course, we uh, very unfortunately lost there. Uh, the uh, the final uh, the the, the yeah. quarter final against uh, Sheffield United when we'd all had to get up about six o'clock to drive up there. Uh, Justin Robson has a good memory uh, beating Coventry three two after being two 0 down. Best atmosphere ever. Coach also got bricked on the way home, which is oh, nice. <laughs> didn't take the shine off the day, even if it did take the shine off the coach window. And uh, and Foxy says his best uh, was Coventry away the three two. The worst was Norfolk Victoria McLeod's uh, McLeod's shameful elbow. On the halfway line, everyone remember that start of the second half he elbowed someone yeah. in the head. I think I think my best might be Fulham. Even though we got absolutely hammered, oh, well, the, the atmosphere—it it was such yeah. a good day out. Mm. And like even now, when you watch the videos back of what was there, seven thousand Charlton yeah. fans in that stand. Yeah. That's we was top of League One. Yeah, time, and all we were singing for the ninety minutes was the fact that we were going to win the league. We didn't yeah. really care about the game. Yeah. That was just 
that was a really good day out. Yeah. Did anyone, did, is that, going back on Asterix, did, did, um, did any of you see these video when he got a lift, because he used to get a cab to training, did anyone see the video of him with the cab driver? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> mate, that, yeah. If you haven't seen it, you've got to find it, I don't know how, I'll have to try and find it, see if I can tweet it, it cracks me up yeah. for ages. Yeah. We're actually running out of time here on channel, we've still got, to, yeah, no, we've got ten minutes oh, left, we've got, to talk oh, really? about, uh, we've got to talk about Big Mig, so oh, we'll yeah. do that now, because we've got about seven or eight minutes worth of uh, Russell Slade previewing yes. the game. Uh, this week's connection, Big Mig, Miguel Alera, make yeah. good memories. He, yeah. He's another one who's underperformed at Colchester. He's got he, that um, own goal there. He reminded me of El Kakuri, who's arguably my favourite charm player of all time. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed him here. He was just hapless at the back, but good going forward. Yeah. Mm. Wayne Scott Rooney scored for a one. Absolute ping as well. Yeah, uh, yeah um, Scott Wilkes has uh, kindly pointed out, I don't know where he knows this, I don't know if he's applied for it, but uh, <laughs> Miggle Lehrer Football Academy. Imagine that, right, well, lads, get the head guards on, just ping it diagonally, and that's all we're teaching, right? <laughs> that's all what's happening. Yeah. But, you know, everyone sort of tweeting with the same thing, at that Swindon game, that 9 yeah. Even Akpo had a, an amazing game, which yeah. I still have to pinch myself. When, but, uh, um, Big Mick took, took one for the team as well in the playoffs against Simmons, Swindon when yeah. he got himself sent off uh, that later that season, when he, when he knew he'd missed the Wembley final if we'd got there to, right. to try and preserve the team. So, you know, I, I do remember when he played for Sheffield Wednesday, and it, well, then he became an opposition player, so we tried to put a bit of pressure on him, and he came off the bench, and his first touch was to try and send the long ball like, forward. <laughs> Instead, he just pumped it straight out for a throw in, in line with where he was. That was pretty funny. Uh, uh, H&G, Horse and Groom, I'm guessing, on, on Charlton Forum, uh, Charlton Live Forum, says uh, on FA Cup memories, an obvious one was Coventry, the 3-2. Mm. Uh, but he also said the one will draw at Bristol City, which was ever so slightly before my time. I think it was in 1994. But a lot of people talk about the game being a really good atmosphere. Uh, so that's a good one too. Right now, this Saturday, we are playing Scunthorpe here at the Valley in the uh, in the FA in the FA Cup. Russell Slade spoke to BBC Radio Kent's Tony Hud uh, to preview to preview that uh, FA Cup first round game with Scunthorpe. Talking to Charlton manager Russell Slade ahead of Saturday's FA Cup first round tie at home to Scunthorpe. Russell's FA Cup first round time, which some regard as the most romantic time on the football calendar. Do you have fond memories of the competition as a manager? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, it's been great to get on um, one or two little cup runs. Um, the early rounds can prove really difficult at times. Um, on occasion at Lake Norian, I think we were we went into extra time against. Uh, I think it was Drawsden from the non-league. Um, in the extra time, we managed to get through. I think we scored six in the extra time to win eight two, something like that. Um, and then we went on a real big cup run so having dispatched of a non-league club that ended up with us going on a a terrific um, cup run which brought in much needed monies for the football club and and built some momentum within the within the football club as well so you know I've got good memories of that and um, even at Sheffield United we went on a very good cup run to the semi-final against Newcastle so yeah it's it's happened on occasions and um, it's a nice journey sometimes Fair to say you've got a good track record in the competition? Um, like most managers I think it's a, it's a one-off one-off hit really isn't it so it's um, a little bit up and down, I suppose. You get sometimes you just wait for that one season where you can, you know, really put a good cup run together. What do you think makes this competition so special? Because so many teams are in it from from the start. It's not just um, it's not just your pyramid of professional teams. It's um, it's your non-league teams. So realistically, there's a you know, a non-league team could win the biggest cup competition in your country. So I, th- I think that's the romance of it all. And 
and uh, people just warm to that. It brings everybody together from all different levels. Do you think the cup has become tarnished in recent years with bigger clubs not taking it as seriously as maybe as they should do? Well, they've used it, haven't they, uh, a little bit to to rotate their um, squads, particularly those that teams that are in the Champions League and UEFA competitions. It's um, it's it's a little bit of a drain on on their players. So to use their squad players, you know, I I, I kind of get that. Um, that's the way it's gone. There's a lot of games played in this country as well, uh, more than most countries, as you know. So um, th- th- there is that. But, but, but certainly, um, you know, every single season, um, Wembley's packed, isn't it, for the, for the cup final. Um, it's always a sellout. So that gives you some indication of, of how big a competition it is. Do we sit at home and watch it around the fireplace and have a couple of glasses of beer these days? Um, probably not as much. Probably not as much as we used to. Um, everybody had watched the build-up from probably midday. Um, incidentally, I'd have a cup of tea, not a beer at midday. Um, but um, certainly, um, you know, you'd watch it and um, you know you'd pick who you really wanted to win on the day. You said after Saturday's defeat at Chesterfield, you felt a sense of momentum coming on. If you're, main, if you're to maintain that, you're going to have to be, have, you'll have to be at your best against a very strong uh, side in Scunthorpe on Saturday. Yeah, I think the word I used was a seed of momentum, yeah. So we, we, we kind of planted something very small, but um, yeah, we want to try and continue that. But yeah, we have the toughest of tasks on, on Saturday. They're in... Um, Incredible form. I think they've scored seven goals, haven't they, in their last two games? So they're free scoring at the minute. Um, it has to be said. I mean, I, I know that I know the captain there, Steve Dawson, because I had him at uh, Leighton Orient, and uh, great competitor. He's, he's Dawson. He's their captain, and um, you know that it's take, he's taken them time to build that. It's, it's kind of like they're, they're into their third year of, of, of progression in many ways, of, of improving, investing in the club, and improving. You know the the playing staff, and uh, you know they've been together one or two of them now for a, a couple of seasons, and and um, you know I think they they they've set put a marker down, haven't they? Let's be honest. After fifteen, sixteen games, put a huge marker down. Um, they're the setters of the league at the minute. You know they set the pace, and um, it's for everybody to um, chase them right now. So um, they're doing a great job, um, and it'll be a tough game. You go into the match with the second best defensive record in this division. That must give you a lot of confidence, a lot of heart. Yeah, well, what's what's pleasing about that is we have we have obviously there's been new personnel come in, and and uh, in particular, I mean, Pierce has been he's been excellent for us. Um, but we've we've also we've also worked at that, tried to change the mentality, particularly from set plays, um, where I think. We've improved, um, but we've got to continue to do that. We've only conceded two goals in the last four games, which is pleasing, and we've, collect, we, we've collected two clean sheets. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's going in the right direction, and uh, we need to protect that. You mentioned Jason Pearce. Is Jason and Patrick Bow are they now your best central defensive partnership, do you think? Um, well, I've picked them more times than any other um, pairing um, Look, Patrick's had to get up to speed because of his injury last year. He'd missed a lot of pitch time. 
Um, but he's, he's, he's shown a real maturity uh, as the games have gone on. And I think we've got him somewhere near where we need him. Um, and with with Pierce coming in, with that experience of uh, and that leadership quality that he's got, um, I think it's it, it's a partnership that's began to gel and blossom a little bit. Um, and, and 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 not only that, not only that, um, it, it's not just down to the two. I think we have a. We have a very, very good goalkeeper. So if you beat the centre backs, you know you've still got to beat Declan Rudd, and and I think we're, you know, with Souls and um, and Foxy, uh, we continue to get stronger at the back and across the midfield. Anyone not available to you because of injury on Saturday? Yeah, we have a few concerns, but um, I don't really want to. Discuss that at the minute. We'll, we'll see how we are for Friday. But look, whoever whoever comes in, and there may well be one or two changes, is um, is we'll be expecting a high level performance. I bet Russell Slade does have a glass of beer at midday. Yeah, he's a lad. Like, he's like the rest of us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, a few fingers of shots and stuff. The um, <laughs> the uh, uh, they had a tweet in from. Uh, uh, JGF said he, he remembers Miguel Lera getting beat at Colchester. That was the first time he'd ever put a pair of football boots on. As yeah, well. I did see that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so looking ahead uh, very briefly, because we almost ran out of time actually, uh, we're expecting changes, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. I think there'll be changes from both teams. As they say, obviously Scunthorpe doing pretty well at the moment as well, so I expect them to change them up. Um, and yeah, I think it gives us a chance to, to blood a few other players and give some other players a chance because realistically you know whether we've been good or not our, our league form has improved slightly and I think that's Eight obviously points out of four they're saying now you know, it's, it's all about it as a seed of momentum and I guess mm. you know if, if you can just grab that seed and grow it into a little bush or a little tree mm. and we can uh, go ahead and take that into the cup and then take that into yeah. the league the, the one thing we don't want is a replay because I don't want to have no. another Tuesday in Scunthorpe no, definitely not. you can go yeah. see that girl again or that woman again that, see that, if anything's improved yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, the the she said school. oh there's a park there <laughs> oh brilliant I'll walk around a park Oh, they're like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, uh, well, what are the predictions? What predictions are we making, Tom? One nil loss. Just one. Yeah. Oh, it's gone for a very free scoring, aren't they? Nah, one nil. One nil. Knife. Ah, uh, it's a hard one because, like, like you said, with the momentum, I'd want us to play a strong team and try and build that momentum up. But I can't see it happening. But I, I'm going to go for. Um, I'm going to go for a, a one nil draw. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I reckon they're going to make you do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> make you go out there again. Yeah, uh, hopefully they'll take some form of um, encouragement from the what was a good display up at Glenford yeah. Park earlier on. Mm. But we can't play like that, I'm surely. Yeah, we, well, we'll see. Back to the wall, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, right, we have run out of time here on Channel Live Big Match Preview. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Louis. Uh, thank you, Nathan. No worries, cheers, I've everyone. Been, I've been Louis Mendes. Don't forget to come back on Sunday evening when we uh, review whatever happens on Saturday. Uh, but this has been Channel Live. Uh, don't forget to go to the Beckenham Fireworks on, on Saturday, Mel. Scout people on it. I thought I'd say that anyway. <laughs> this has been Charlie Live. <laughs> I've been Louis Mendes. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you on Sunday evening. Charles alive. Charles alive.